Shavuot Tov, everybody. Welcome to Parashat Emor. Last year, I had the pleasure and the privilege of watching David Attenborough's Netflix documentary, A Life on Our Planet. I'm sure all of you would recognize his very distinguished British accent. He says things along the lines of, the koala can consume eight times its body weight in bamboo. So he has these many nature documentaries out there like Our Planet and Life in Color. And there was something in that documentary, A Life on Our Planet, all about David Attenborough's lifetime of exploring Earth's farthest reaches that really struck a chord for me. He makes the point that if climate change continues to unfold at this pace that we've been seeing, then the cyclical and predictable course of nature, as we know it, will cease to be. For the past 65 million years, you see, ever since the cataclysm that destroyed the dinosaurs, life has been rebuilding itself until we come to the world that we know today. And scientists call our time period the Holocene, literally the whole new time period. This is a time where humans can now rely on the cyclical nature of time to be able to settle down and create an agricultural society. But if Earth's conditions continue to change the way that they have been, instead of four repeating seasons every 365 days, we're going to be doomed by a swinging pendulum, periods of extreme hot, followed by extended periods of extreme cold and ice ages. In his words, within the span of the next lifetime, the security and stability of the Holocene, our Garden of Eden, will be lost. So it seems that although God promised us after the flood of Noah that he himself would establish a course of nature and seasons never to be changed, we humans are more than capable of messing this up. As it turns out, the Torah already has a prescription for Am Yisrael to be attuned to the sacred cyclicity of the natural world. Parashat Emor is a continuation of the discussion of holiness that runs throughout Sefer Vayikra. And in grand style, the parasha celebrates the fractal nature of the holiness of time that exists for human beings. Of course, this begins with Shabbat, on and on through Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot, and all the rest. Eventually even talking about Shemitan, Yovel, next week which talks about spans of years. And somewhere in our parasha, towards the end, we hear about the ner tamid, something that's done every moment. So we have moment, days, weeks, and years. And in the midst of the descriptions of all the holidays, we have two very strange interruptions. The first one talks about korban ha'omer, the sacrifice that we bring the day after Pesach. And the second one is the mitzvah of leket and pe'ah, giving the poor people an opportunity to collect their own grains from our fields. So the question is, why does the Torah insert these two seemingly out-of-place mitzvot in the middle of a discussion about the holidays? The answer, I think, begins with an understanding of what Shabbat really is. Shabbat is the standard. Shabbat says rest. Take a step back from all the constant doing and respect the world that is. Holidays are meant to be 
time period similar to Shabbat, where we're also resting. But this time we're resting from our domination in an agricultural world. We're resting from the domination of the world of plants and vegetation. So take Pesach for one example. It's the obvious one. Pesach is the time where we rest from our action of bread making. We notice our interference in nature. We say, well, take a week not to do this, to appreciate what we do the rest of the year. And the Omid offering, now we can understand what this is. Until we bring that Korban HaOmid on the second day of Pesach, we were not allowed to eat from the new crops of grains. After the Korban HaOmid, we could eat from that new crop. But beforehand, we're showing we're not eating from it. We're showing a reverence for the living natural world around us. Hashem understands that our natural inclination will be to continue more and more to exploit the land for its resources. So just like the mitzvah of Shemitan Yovel next week, the holidays themselves are times when we take a step back to appreciate what we've been given on God's green earth, to remind ourselves to respect the natural world around us. So that's the Qurban HaOmer. But now the question is, what about Likit and Pe'ah? What about leaving some of the grains for the poor people? What does this have to do with the holidays? Believe it or not, this is also a form of resting from dominating the world of vegetation. But it's not about resting with reference to God Almighty and the natural world, like the Omid was about. Instead, this mitzvah is Ben Adam Lachavero, between man and his fellow man. There are poor people out there. There's strangers who don't own any land. Don't just content yourself on Pesach with your abolition of Hametz and think, oh, I'm done with resting from my domination of, pe- of plants. Don't just bring that Korban HaOmed offering and congratulate yourself, pat yourself on the back for being able to eat the new crops. No, no, no. That same imperative to rest requires you to relinquish your domination of your field of wheat and allow the poor man and the stranger to reap nature's bounty as well. So overall, the holiday cycle is, I think, attuning Am Yisrael to a higher frequency of time consciousness. Hashem set up these rest periods to calibrate us to the important milestones of life, to be more present with the seasons as they unfold. Less doing and more being. As the great psychology professor James Fadiman once said, I hope whatever you're doing, you're stopping every now and again. And... Not doing it at all. In other words, take a moment in the span of all the doing simply to be with what is. I recently finished the novel Siddhartha by Herman Hess. I had a deep conversation with my rabbi in Israel about this book. Siddhartha, the main character, is seeking enlightenment. Siddhartha goes through many journeys throughout the book from asceticism and meditation to indulging in all the pleasures of life. And on his way from the ascetic lifestyle to the pleasure-laden lifestyle, he crosses a river. And there's this wise old ferryman at the river who predicts that Siddhartha will one day return to this river. And he does indeed return on his way back from that pleasure lifestyle to a meditative lifestyle. He crosses that river again. He decides to settle down. 
with this ferryman and live there. And eventually by listening to the river with that ferryman for many years, Siddhartha learns the secret of enlightenment. Timelessness. In reality, as my rabbi puts it, what Siddhartha sees is that the river doesn't really move. It's static at at any given moment. If we humans allow ourselves to get lost in the flow of time, in the flow of good times and bad times, in the flow of life and death, success and failure, we will continue to suffer. We will continue to create more problems for ourselves globally and personally. But if instead we internalize the messages of the parasha and of the life of David Attenborough, we can learn to respect and appreciate the cycles of nature. We can open ourselves to a new kind of time. We can spend more time being and less time only doing. By taking a moment to pause at each holy time during the year, we can permeate our entire year, our entire month, our entire week, our entire day with moments of timelessness. So, lonely traveler, when you find yourself lost in the turbulent flow of that river of life, come back to this very moment. And just know that in reality, the river doesn't move. Thank you very much, and Shavuot Tov.